Um, it took me several episodes before I figured out what I was doing with audio stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first episode I ever recorded, yeah. I learned my most major lesson ever. Yeah. Because the first episode I ever recorded, I never aired. The reason I never aired it is because I screwed up the audio so bad, I couldn't recover it. <laughs> and I did not keep an, keep an original backup of the, uh. of the original files. So that guy, and I started this December, I started recording December 2020. And uh, and he and I still have not redone that episode. <laughs> and I'm about to launch up to 100 episodes. Right See, now. that makes me so sad because I used to work in media at a, you know at a, at a church uh, in Texas, and um, I I have had those times where it's like you get to the end. I've literally had the time where you get to get to the end of a sermon, and it's like, oh, that was amazing. Holy Spirit really moved, you know. And then uh, I check the recording and it crashed like five minutes in and i'm like i don't the pastor come did you get a record no no didn't get a recording get, that, yeah you know? Man, so uh, my wife and i terrible. were guests on a podcast that our friend does on adoptions um there in mansfield and uh, we actually did that podcast four times and the first time was just uh i think the first time was just a bad recording so we did the second time like almost a year later we did the second time uh, um the second time it was like we tried and we tried, we tried to get started. Software wasn't working. Mm. The third time we got through the whole thing, like all the way through the whole thing. And then her husband comes in at the end and and I pointed at him because he has the same recorder I did. Mm. And I went, hey, how did you do that? Because you don't have the channels activated. And he looked at it and goes, oh, <laughs> oh no. So we just did like an hour or so of an interview and it was not recorded. So... <laughs> Literally, uh, she goes, y'all want to do it again right now? Let's start again right now. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, sometimes the second or third or fourth try comes across better than yep, the first I one. I so, think so. Yeah, it kind of works out. So. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck, and here we are at episode three of the Seattle series, still in Seattle, Washington here. I'm meeting today with Adam Warner. Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm doing good. Tell us about yourself. About myself. Um, okay, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, I'm not talking about getting deep here, okay? Yeah, okay. Um, well, um, I'll give you the like up-to-date uh, synopsis, uh, the cliff notes of where I'm at in my life now. Um, so me and my wife, uh, Lindsay, we live uh, in Seattle, very near the Space Needle. Uh, in fact, if you just look out the window from our apartment, it Space Needle's right there. Nice. Gigantic. Um, yeah. so, uh, so that's kind of a good way to see our location. So we're in downtown um kind of everyone calls it the um like amazon like central it's where all the major skyscrapers owned by amazon are um and i happen to work for them um and then my wife uh runs a business uh as an esthetician uh which is like facials and uh you know derma planing okay. like 
peels and all this sort of stuff. Um, she runs her own business and uh, in a place called uh, Ballard here. Um, and uh, she also ran that uh, back in Texas, you know, um, which uh, I guess we can talk about later, actually. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it. We've got two little dogs that are like not much more than fluff. They're like three pounds <laughs> each, and like they um, they are both uh, insanely cute. But they're little like toy poodles, which I never thought I would own. But then like we saw them, and I was like, I I gotta have these dogs. They're awesome. So like so yeah, they're very cool. Two brothers like run around, chase each other all the time. Um, uh, so that's uh, that's basically it. That's 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 my life. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and just so everybody knows, we just we just literally finished dinner together. Mm-hmm. And um, the the big world gets smaller every time we we do stuff, right? <laughs> so your wife is staring at me like I know this guy. And I tell him, I'll tell you all that we're living in Rendon. And she looks at me and goes, wait a minute. Do you know my sister? And tells me her name. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I went to high school with her. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very small world. You guys actually yeah. lived in the same area that mm-hmm. um, that I live and grew up. And y'all went to the same high school, right? Yep. Uh, we yeah, all went to absolutely. the same high school. Same Mansfield high school. high school. Yep. Yeah. Back when there was only one Mansfield oh, yeah. High School. Go Tigers. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're conflicted now, actually, my family, because my kids go to Legacy High School, which mm-hmm. is where, if you'll remember, which is where, um, um, oh, gosh, Cowbell. Yeah. Cowbell, oh, yeah. Cowbell Rodeo used yeah. to be. Um, yeah, I remember Cowbell so Rodeo. So they go to Legacy High School, so they're the Broncos. Yeah. So every time Legacy plays Mansfield, my wife and I are convicted. It's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> you just, you, you, I wear, guess, you wear one team's I guess, color, she wears the other. And just, uh, yeah. No, I think, I think right now, I think we're Broncos, you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> until our kids get out of school. You just switch it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I keep telling her I'm going to wear my drumline jacket yeah. from Mansfield High School 1995 <laughs> to a Legacy game one of these days when they play Mansfield. Nice. But anyway, so Adam, this podcast is all about sharing um, our testimonies in Jesus Christ. So if you would give me an opportunity to kind of know um, how you mm. found Christ in your life, you know, what was what were you like before that? And then how has Christ kind of changed you uh, since? Well, I grew up in Texas, um, which you, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like you already know, but, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times, at least in contrast to where I'm living now, it's kind of assumed that you're, at least it was back then, that you're uh, you're kind of Christian by birth yeah. um, in Texas, which is uh, which is kind of nice, <laughs> um, but definitely not true where right. I'm living now. And um, so, I, you know, it's hard to actually say when I came to Christ as, as far as, um, you know, as a young child, uh, because I... I just kind of grew up in the church, yeah. you know, um, and it was surprisingly like I, <laughs> it, it's, I guess I didn't feel like it took as, as a young kid. I know that sounds crazy to say, but like I probably uh, came to Christ about like 16 times uh, yeah. growing up, yeah. you know, I kept yeah. praying the sinner's prayer over and over, you know, <laughs> um, thinking I, uh, feeling like I could never really wrap my head around it. And um, I, when I went off to, um, to college, it was, um, I kind of decided I, you know, I'd, I'd grown up with these beliefs. I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily, um, 
feel like they were mine. Mm. And so I, uh, you know, didn't necessarily abandon my beliefs, but I, um, I looked into a bunch of other stuff, like read a bunch of other religions and, you know, was, took a lot of philosophy classes and did all that sort of thing. Um, kind of objectively came to the conclusion at the end of, uh, college that, um, that, is Christianity still made the most sense. Yeah. But it still wasn't, um, I don't really feel like it was a heart thing. The age of 28, uh, me and my wife uh, found out uh, we had been married for a while at that point. We had bought a house um, in Arlington, Texas, and um, it really kind of felt like, you know, we were in family building mode, you yeah. know, we had the big house, the big yard and everything. And, um, you know, my wife was a Christian too, but again, both of us kind of, uh, we were what I might call head Christians. Like we, you know, mm. we knew it, but, uh, wasn't really a heart thing. And, uh, we came to find out, uh, that we couldn't have children, um, mm. at that time. Um, and it was surprisingly hard. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard for, um, <clears throat> It was hard for me personally, uh, which I didn't expect, honestly. Um, and it was it was doubly hard for my wife. Um, so, and of course, just a kind of a tragedy that repeats over and over every you know every month, <laughs> um, unfortunately. And uh, we got pretty desperate. And um, I was I was working at a company that happened to be Christian at the time, and uh, someone suggested um, fasting to me hmm. um as you know maybe you should maybe you should seek out god's uh plan for you via fasting and i thought well that's dumb you know <laughs> like why would i not eat for a week you know um it just <laughs> it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense hmm. again wasn't the best you know wasn't the wasn't the uh best heart christian at the time right and um so you know i talked with my wife about it and we kind of said well you know okay like uh let's try this we're desperate um we really don't know what to do the doctors aren't giving us a lot of options and so um so we decided to fast um and it's you know first couple of days it was kind of like okay this is hard doesn't make a lot of sense don't really get it and then um there was just uh about Five days in, there was just a touch of God mm. um, on on me, and I really I don't know the exact moment for my wife, but I, kn I know the exact moment for me. Um, and uh, I was in my living room, and I just uh, fell to my knees and realized suddenly how large God is. Um, and to the extent that I was just literally sitting there in amazement, like with my arms out, just going like, wow, okay, this, uh, thing that this person, this, 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 you know, uh, this God that I thought in my head was just, um, on printed on dead pages, you know, um, is, is real like yeah. and is present and actually that was if i remember right what i said at the time i said oh oh my gosh it's real mm. <laughs> and uh which was something that because i just never experienced god before in a personal way and um so he just really touched me um at that time and uh yeah i kind of took my breath away and um and that whole 
weakened from that point forward really became um, a shocking amount of coincidences. Um, I sound, you know, I think a secular person would call them coincidences. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, um, definitely wouldn't, um, where God just, um, you know, would lead me to a scripture and, uh, and then someone would talk about that scripture 10 minutes later and, um, you know, just all these, all these things. And I, I'll just tell you the last thing that really led to, uh, again, there was a lot of little things like that, that just, um, made it very clear that God was communicating to me, uh, which is, um, which even today, when I say that out loud, it sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. It sounds like a crazy person yeah. would say it, but, um, but definitely, um, legitimate. And, um, so I talked to my wife and, uh, she was feeling very strongly the same way, feeling like God had touched her and like, she had this kind of like heart connection with God, um, and so we talked and she said, well, you know, why don't we go over to, uh, you know, this church in Dallas like tomorrow? We didn't we didn't have a home church. Yeah, I probably should have yeah. said that. But we we didn't have a church. We were kind of Christians without a home, you know, didn't even really consider it important at the time. Right. And um, she said, well, let's try this this church in Dallas, which is from where we were at is about an hour away. Hmm. And so I was like, well okay like why that why that why that <laughs> church you know and uh she was like well i could just feel like god you know is telling us to go there and i was like okay and um and i should preface what i'm about to say with the fact that uh she also felt like god had told her uh, that day earlier she had told me that um she felt like god said um that we needed to pray for others and do for others um that had the same issue we did mm. with infertility and so um anyway so you know we we think okay well we'll just go to this church in dallas and uh so we did um went to the church and um as you know just a couple of confirmations when i came in the the turned out the sermon that day at this particular church was um was literally the verse it was all about the verse that god had been impressing on me mm. like over and over the entire time i'd been fasting yeah. uh, so that was pretty amazing um and uh really emphasizing faith and um and so we kind of felt like that was oh wow that's that's kind of neat you know but whatever and um and then we we walked in uh went through the service and uh and and again i'm going to reiterate that god told her to pray that we needed to pray for people that had infertility um the pastor got up at the end of the uh service which was fantastic and um just said told everybody in the crowd he's like uh we've never done this before but uh have somebody in my band and his wife that have had been struggling with infertility for about 10 or 15 years and he's like i want everyone in here to stand up and pray for them right now you know mm -hmm. and we really felt like that was just again confirmation from god that that we were in the right place that that was like that was where he was gonna have us be um at the at the moment and so um 
we prayed and um and then uh went home and uh from that point forward you asked in initially um what was different about my life now versus before and the most noticeable difference almost immediately was reading scripture and not the practice of reading scripture i had tried that before but before when i had read through um you know different various books of the bible it was it was good i could study it it was words on a page and it was mm -hmm. interesting but it um it was completely different from that point forward as soon as i would start reading through scripture it was as if it was like illuminated it was mm. just super um i was getting a ton out of it um it was uh it was like fuel yeah <laughs> it was just really really powerful um and i realized very quickly uh, very much like my first experience with god that um that the word of god was not just like words on a dead tree you yeah. know that it was it was literally the way that god communicates to us today you know is the way that the holy spirit moves um and it really just it blew my mind and from that point forward my wife and i um tried uh, obviously we're you know we're not perfect so we we don't do it all the time but we literally tried every morning to get up and do bible study together mm -hmm. um and it frankly changed our lives so yeah. um it just um and of course you know i think a lot of people can probably relate to this my uh my early days <laughs> after getting saved was uh i was very zealous um you know i, I heard somebody that say in an interview the other day that uh they were zealous without wisdom hmm. um early when they first got saved and i think that's a pretty good analogy of me i just couldn't i was so excited about god that i would just tell everybody you know yeah. like even when it was probably not the right time uh to do it and so um again that's the without wisdom part um but i was just so excited um about now knowing and having true hope like really knowing that god exists um which was something that i had struggled with as a child so mm -hmm. much um always was very analytical very scientific everything had to be sh shown to me yeah. and proved yeah. and um there was just something uh that god placed in me at that time that um you know i've told people this before it's like it's like when you're when you get saved god like places a seed of faith in you that just can't be like i, I just don't feel like that can be taken away from me now right. you know it's something like uh it would ha i would have to actively go like no i'd have to actively <laughs> deny you know deny him to get to even get to get away from it because it is just core to my being now and has been since that moment yeah so awesome yeah um so what is a ux designer <laughs> um yeah, <laughs> like it's lot, listed several times in your preliminary questions there but what's yeah a, a lot of people yeah a lot of people ask this um it's and it makes a ton of sense because it's not that old of an industry uh, i guess it's been around for um you know what i'm not even gonna guess but it it is it, it, it a lot of people didn't know what it was even 10 years ago yeah um so 
What it stands for is user experience designer. And so um, essentially you can kind of think of it as a combination of um, of a graphic designer, somebody that does visual stuff um, in combination with uh, someone that does uh, software that creates software and apps and um, that sort of thing. And um, and then kind of combining it with customer service and interviewing people. So like uh, really having an empathy for um, for the customer experience. So if you work for a company and you're a UX designer, your whole purpose is to make people's lives easier, okay. like to make sure that um, we call them pain points. Um, we make sure that we sand down all the pain points for between, you know, even when somebody goes to the store and purchases something from the company you work for to when they, uh, they've had it for two or three years. So you're kind of like watching that whole process and going, okay, how can we make this the best it can be? So we, we try to design that process. I got so, you. Yeah. All right. So it's what the user sees on that end, how they inter- interact with. Exactly. Yeah. So you've done that in ministry industry mm-hmm. um right i think it was with some uh christian ministry records and cds and things like that is that right yeah it started off um actually not the not ux at that time it was that was what uh, just what we might call traditional graphic design okay. so it was doing uh things like um book covers and uh, book layouts and even sculptures and um, DVD series and CD series for different um, different pastors and uh, nonprofits and outreach organizations. Yeah. So, But the UX design stuff uh, has been in corporate industry that's not, it's, it's more of a secular type industry, right? Yeah, it's absolutely been. Um, that was um, probably a better way to put that is when I worked in a Chris, at a Christian uh, based company, um, that was almost 10 years. And that was uh, really the start of my career. Um, and um, that was really print design, what I would call print design. Everything right. ended up getting printed or like, you know, sent to somebody. Um, so everything after that was, yeah, what you would call user experience design which is more like how do we design this piece of software to to do what customers need it to do um and so yeah you're right it's been um entirely corporate since then i worked for uh, halliburton for a while i worked for a company called hilti which is a tool company based in uh, Liechtenstein. so i uh, flew over to europe went to germany and italy a lot for a while um and then i uh, ended up getting a job at uh, Amazon uh, in Seattle doing very much the same thing. So I've been doing uh, UX design for almost 10 years. So you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, Mm -hmm. and you're moving from career to career that's in secular industries. So how have you seen God kind of move in in that time frame when you're, you know, (laughs) in a career that doesn't have, that's not centered around God? That's a really good question. I think I've seen him work in the relationships. Yeah. Like the most. I think, um, you know, it's funny, like when I worked, um, you know, some of the companies I've worked for haven't been the most liked companies, yeah. um, you know, and so I'll have people like come up to me, oh, you work for them, huh? You know, it's an evil company or whatever, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, you know, it's not, you know, companies are just collections of people. Yeah. Like, and at the end of the day, um, there is a lot of, there are still people there's still people that need christ mm-hmm. <laughs> that are in uh that are in these companies and so uh it really comes out in the relationships um 
and I'll just, I'll give you one example, um, a relationship that uh, is kind of still there um, from Amazon. Um, I had, uh, I had just arrived at Amazon, was feeling very isolated as a Christian mm. um, in an area that's pretty um, hostile to Christianity, frankly. Yeah. And um, so I, uh, I was pretty, uh, <laughs> I was pretty disappointed and just having a difficult time not being around other Christians. And uh, I prayed to God the night before uh, one day at work, uh, one day before work, rather. And I said, God, you got to lead me to I need I need some connection mm -hmm. uh, to a believer at work. I just feel isolated. Yeah. Um, and uh, so went to work. <sighs> Next morning, totally forgot about that prayer. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, and I was sitting there at my desk um, and, uh, you know, work with a lot of people that are in the, you know, into computers and stuff, maybe not the most social people. So uh, there's a guy kind of behind me and to my left that I hadn't uh, literally never, never talked to, never said one word to. I think I'd been there a week, you know, and uh, I really honestly felt God um, almost tapped me on the shoulder and say, you need to talk to him like right now. Mm. I was like, Oh, well, okay. I don't want to do that because, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's not super personable. I'm not super personable. I don't, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. And I just, he just kept feeling like I needed to talk to this guy. And, uh, so turned around, I, you know, started talking to him. He started telling his story. I told my story and, um, we just kind of sensed something. And I said, wait a second, are you, you a believer? And, and he said, said, yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> and it, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, uh, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. And, you know, I kind of told him, I was like, I prayed just last night. I would meet a believer, you know? And, uh, anyway, but very, uh, what could be a very long story short, uh, turned out his sister does missions work in oh, wow. uh, Mexico and uh, he connected me with uh, her and her husband when they were in town and um, we've been kind of helping out with that ministry every once in a while me and my wife and so um, it's just you know it was just one of those God connections again yeah. it's one of those things where it's like God tells you to do something and you think that doesn't make any logical sense from a human standpoint and then um, and then you do it and it's like okay now I understand and um, but that's where I've really seen the Holy Spirit work um, seeing God work in the corporate environment is when um, it's just those little interactions those little relationships those yeah. are super important and I think people don't um, place maybe too much value on um, on things that are not as important in the in the corporate environment, but really, it's it at the end of the day again, it's all about the people. Um, and so, you so, think he was impersonable because he was feeling isolated, just like you? I I think that's I think that's totally possible. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. yeah. There's obviously some personality things uh, there when it comes to the type of people uh, like myself that work uh, in the tech industry. But um, but yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, definitely the case that I'm sure he was feeling quite isolated. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And I think that it's it's a power of God to say, mm -hmm. um, look, this is a very secular corporation in a very unchristian mm -hmm. uh, part of the world here. And um, just to let you know, I'm here too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of, 
<laughs> it's easy it's easy in this area to feel like you're the only one sometime and that's uh and that's difficult and the, and to get downtrodden and feel like god because of that that god is not working mm. in this area but um i i don't believe that yeah. and because of some of those interactions i believe god is uh is is working all the time um it's just in a different way than you yeah. might see in another yeah. region uh of the country or the world and so um so yeah it's always been encouraging to have those those little instances where God goes, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still working. There's there are other people uh, like you that are also uh, trying to spread uh, spread my word. You know? Yeah. So so, um, so we kind of jumped a little bit from um, your fasting time and talking mm -hmm. you know, really really getting closer with the Lord at that time to your uh, career here in Seattle and everything. Mm -hmm. We kind of skipped over the part of how you you and your wife decided to leave Texas. Why anyone would do that, I don't know. And come <laughs> to Seattle, of all things. So how did that come about? That's a very good question. And, uh, and for a while in the story, you're going to think like, yeah, you definitely should not have picked <laughs> Seattle. So, um, but uh, no, I mean, the gist of it um, really... Um, well, then I'll try to be uh, try to be short here. <laughs> is that um, you know, for my wife and I, you know, had this um, I guess what you call a conversion experience, and um, really felt connected to God um, for a while there. But as this kind of you know. I think they call it in some circles a fertility journey, right? As this fertility journey kind of went on. Um, and we started to realize how hopeless it was. Mm. Um, and, you know, kind of the years wore on. We're sitting there in this big house that was meant for a family and don't have a family to fill it. It's just me and her. And um, and so and I'm I'm driving in many cases because of this corporate um, sort of work. I'm driving an hour and a half to work and an hour and a half home every day, sometimes two hours, depending on the traffic. And so it started to wear on us, started to wear on our relationship um, and uh, put us just in a really uh, pretty bad place mm -hmm. emotionally in our marriage and uh, kind of without realizing it, yeah. Um, frankly. So um, we felt after, I'm gonna, actually going to backtrack just a little bit. So I, that was a little bit of skipping forward, and then I'm going to backtrack a little to like right after we got saved. Um, we really felt God call us strongly um, in the years after we got saved. We felt God call us to, um, to move to the city. Um, and to, um, spread his word and to work with the homeless and to do outreach. To move um, to this city, Seattle? No, absolutely oh, just, not. Just, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, actually specifically New York city. Okay. Um, really, uh, New York city. And, um, it was powerful. We, we had gone on vacation there and, uh, you know. I think this is pretty common for anybody that's gone on a big vacation. You kind of, you get, we call it vacation brain. You know, you come back and you're like, we should move there. Yeah. So that's, so that's what we thought. And uh, so we, so we went back. So we're like, okay, maybe this is just, you know, this is just us. And so uh, we went back and it was like, no, no, God wants us to, he wants us to move to the city. 
Um, <laughs> and at the time, um, my wife had a very successful business, same business, but a different name, but it was back in Texas and it was uh, just doing great, like financially doing great. Um, she was really happy there. Um, I was doing great, good at work and we just kind of let it go like that. We didn't move to New York. Um, we, uh, we even went one last time, um, uh, just to check and make sure we kind of, we kind of got ready. We kind of got ready to move, you know, like we were like, okay, well, like if God really wants us to move. And so, um, we got in a car on that trip, last trip to New York. I think that was the third one we had. And, uh, this was just a few years actually before we moved up here and, um, got in a cab, ended up in a cab with a lady that, um, had just an amazing story and she turned out to be without knowing that we were christians she turned out like that she prayed over our trip when we got to the and we were in an uber we got to the airport she she turned around and prayed over us um hmm. and said like hey you know i just want you know feel like god's telling me to pray over you and and i said actually you know we're going because we want to um you know, we want to do work with the homeless. And, um, and she said, okay, well, you know, <laughs> let's, let's get together and pray. So we prayed with our Uber driver. Um, uh, like, uh, lots of things happened on that trip. I'm trying to kind of recall all of them, but, uh, there were just so many, again, little God coincidences, little confirmations from God that just said, this is where you're supposed to be. Like, uh, literally sat down in a fast food restaurant there, uh, next to a lady. And she like looked at us and, uh, kind of joked around with us for a second. And then she kind of took us under her wing and took us to neighborhoods around and told us where to like look for apartments and um we just had this great conversation with her and like we were just meeting people and they were they were trying to help us out it was uh it was really pretty incredible but if i went into all that frankly we can talk for yeah an hour yeah. and a half two hours just about that um so so we got back got back from new york pretty strong signal from god for the second or third time that like this is where he wanted us to go again we didn't go didn't uh we were disobedient and um and i i really honestly i call this uh our jonah experience hmm. like uh feel like god told us to go to nineveh and we just kind of said well now nah, we're doing all right yeah we're doing all right we're not we're not willing to do that you know we'll do a lot for you but we're not yeah. willing to do yeah. that and um so ultimately, it just led to a very uncomfortable thing to talk about, which is uh, we, me and my wife got very close to divorce, frankly, mm. like it got very, very bad. Um, and I, I will actually spare the details on, on that, but it got really bad. Um, I think most marriages would have ended and um, uh, frankly, ours should have. Um, and um Everything kind of came to a head while I was out of the country and uh, flew back real quick. Um, and uh, my family just prayed for us a lot. Um, my family prayed for us. Uh, we prayed. Um, we decided that in the, in, the struggle, <laughs> in the struggle of our life we were in, we were trying to make a decision whether to stay together or not that we needed to put God at the top of our lives and, um, and see if, uh, you know, like, um, really just that, and we felt like that was the answer. So we did. 
uh, we put God at the top of our lives, started going to a Christian counselor, um, and it just, um, <laughs> it's weird. I actually mention all this because not only is it integral to moving to Seattle, but it was, I almost feel like it's kind of, it was the reminder from God that like, mm. remember, <laughs> Yeah. I saved you too, yeah. <laughs> and you. I wanted you to do something, and I still want you to do something. Mm. I still have a purpose for you, and um, and I feel like this was God's reminder of that. Um, I think had we listened to Him, um, we probably wouldn't have been swallowed by a whale. Yeah, um, which you know, unfortunately, was our marriage at the time, and um, but we didn't. And I think he was trying to spare us a lot of pain and, uh, and ultimately we had to go through it. Um, so, so that happened and, uh, we got through it miraculously, like God just completely restored our marriage to an even to a state that, that was even stronger, frankly, than it was before. Like yeah. as the, that's kind of the amazing thing about it. It like, you know, I saw God being able to take what was just irrevocably broken in that situation and, and restore it like beyond into something better than it would have been otherwise. And, um, so that was incredible. Um, so it took us a while to get through that as about a year. And, um, and then the company I worked for that was, um, based out of Liechtenstein, they go, they came to me and said, okay. Um, you know, so we, all of a sudden, ma'am, before I, before I get into that, me and my wife were, um, were, we're sitting here thinking, okay, well, God, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we'll go, we'll go to New York, you know, now we'll go to New York, yeah. you know? And I, I, I kind of feel like this is, uh, I think it was Deuteronomy where, you know, they were going to, um, they, you know, all of a sudden didn't want to go in. They were scared to go into the promised land and then God chastises them for it. And then they go, Oh, well now we're ready to go. Yeah, to the yeah, promised yeah. land. He's like, no, forget it. You know, it's not, you know? Um, so we thought we, you know, we'll go to New York. So I started looking for jobs in New York and then my, uh, the company I was currently working for, they came back to me and they said, okay, um, we're moving some offices around. Um, we uh, want you to move to Paris, France, and we will teach you and your wife French. We'll send you to French classes. Um, we'll, we'll pay for everything to be moved. Um, and uh, this was a dream for, frankly, both of us. I love your, yeah. like, my wife is uh, really into baking from scratch. And she, like, you know, had, like, visions of bread in her head. You know, like, as soon as, like, you know, as soon as she found out that oh, we're going to Paris. Oh my gosh. You know? Um, so we were both super excited, really wanted to move to Paris and it was a great opportunity. Um, and <laughs> Seattle was not on our brain at all. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, God, maybe you have something for us in Paris. And, uh, and then all of the leads to New York started drying up. Nothing, nothing in New York, everything was falling apart. And, um, and then all of a sudden one day, um, I, I get a, we, you know, God keeps kind of giving this impression that, you know, I still want you to go to the city. I still want you to go to the city, not New York, but I still want you to go to the city. <laughs> and, um, so I get a call, like a literally cold call out of the blue from Amazon, like, hadn't applied with them or anything huh. like they just call me <laughs> and they say you know i thought, honestly think this is a joke i'm like okay, yeah. this is like this, this is somebody you know this is a scam right I'm trying to get my social or something and so they call me up they go hey we want you to you know 
interview for this position and all this stuff. We saw your resume online and everything. And I go, okay, uh, well, companies don't usually do this. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to check you out, by the way. you know. So I did all the research. I'm like, okay, that's yeah, definitely Amazon. That's definitely them. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I told them, I was not really interested, like not interested. So, so they come back, they give me another offer and they're like, still not interested mm -hmm. you know and so me and my wife are praying about it this whole time and we say and i keep saying like well i know we don't want to move to seattle but like we really don't want to move to seattle we had no desire and uh and i just I, we keep saying you know what if they offer this this one unlikely thing <laughs> then we'll go and then they would call back and they'd offer that and I'd go, no, 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 this isn't God. There's no way. And so like, I'd say, no, no, not interested. And then we pray about it and it's like, okay, well, if they call back again and it's this, then we'll, then we'll think about it. It must be God, you know? And then they called back and they offered, you know, the thing that we were thinking about. And so it was just kind of like, it got to the point where it was just kind of ridiculous, you know, uh, they just kept coming back with the same things that we were thinking, you know, um, and so we're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll fly up there for an interview. Uh, still wasn't interested at all uh, in moving here. And um, flew up here for an interview, was, was completely disinterested in the job, uh, but did the interview anyway. And uh, came back home, and it was just completely convicted by God that we were supposed to be here. Mm. Um, lots more to that story, but at the end of the day, it was really just, uh, we prayed, we both felt like, um, this was our, um, you know, that we had kind of missed the boat, frankly, on yeah. move on the original place he wanted us. And, um, he just, uh, he just kept saying like, this is to both of us separately. This is where, you, this is where I want you. So, um, especially since it was such a place that we didn't want to go, yeah. um, I think it all became all the more clear that it was God, uh, because I would, me and my wife would never have chosen here. <laughs> like we would never have, you know, even the Amazon thing, none of it, you know, yeah. like, no, we don't want to go. Um, so anyway, they came back, they offered me the job, um, and within a month, they had moved both of us up here. We had closed our businesses. We had said goodbye to our families um, and moved up here really without any idea of what we were going to do here. Um, so that's how we got to Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're in the city, yeah. not, not the original city, but you're in the city. Yeah. And the original calling was to be in the city and minister to the homeless, right? Yep. So you are here in Seattle with your full-time job, but you also volunteer and minister to the homeless, right? Yep. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, when we first got here, um, had some, um, yeah, had that kind of in the back of our mind, right? That this is, uh, this is why God brought us here. Um, and, uh, and really, I should clarify a little bit, not just the homeless, but also I felt like God was also giving us a heart for um, kind of kind of what I was describing with the corporate environment earlier, which is that there's a lot of people also in the cities, the big cities of the of this country, um, New York and Seattle, that are just desperately in need of Christ in their life, and it um, and so. 
a little bit of both um but absolutely the 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 homeless thing for sure and so we uh when we got here decided okay you know what we're gonna be obedient god we're gonna you know we have no idea what we're doing so we literally just started googling and like you know yellow pages like homeless shelters and organizations (laughs) and like calling them like cold calling them like just dialing numbers like hey do y'all have anything you need help with? Yeah. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. And so we found a really great organization called Aloha Inn. Did um, anybody say you're crazy? Why were you calling me? <laughs> um, actually, surprisingly, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, there's there's a thing called the Seattle freeze. Like uh, they, don't, they don't necessarily, they're very nice to your face, but then they just never call you back. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of that, um, but it wasn't like out and out angry or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I think they just weren't used to someone calling and saying like, we want to help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so we worked with Aloha Inn. Um, we've worked with them quite a few times, uh, painted some rooms, done some uh, dinners for them. Uh, essentially what it was at the time, it's kind of changed purpose now, but it was a, a th- three-year program where um, homeless um, uh, individuals could get into kind of a what I would call a more temporary program. And then they could apply to be in this program and this program lasts three years. And if they can get in, so if they have a desire to get off the street and they apply and they get approved for this program, they are welcomed into the shelter that is uh, basically a hotel. And there's like, I think, 60 rooms and um, and they run the hotel like mm-hmm. the, the the homeless individuals run the home the hotel they um they run security they cook the meals uh everything and uh, they give them jobs to do um they give them psychological help um they uh even when they graduate the program at the end of three years they even co-sign on loans for uh for housing and that sort of thing so really great program to connect homeless people from where they're at and then especially homeless people that really have a desire to get off the street and then get them like on their feet, get them over that hump. Right. right. Um, and so really, really great program. And so we've helped out there a lot. Uh, like I said, painting rooms, cleaning up rooms after people left, um, that sort of thing. And so uh, that's been fantastic. And then another organization, um, there's been a couple uh, other ones, but uh, another organization that we've we've worked with is uh, Seattle's Union Gospel Mission, mm. uh, which is actually you know all over the country. Yeah. Union Gospel Mission, um, great program, um, and. In with that particular case, other than just some like doing donations and stuff for them, um, we've also been involved in doing their, um, they call them van rides. Uh, so it's their like, it's their outreach to the street. So okay. essentially they load up a van. Um, they have people that are trained that usually come from the street to drive the van. They really know the area, homeless areas and stuff. And uh, you gather up socks, you gather up food, you gather up all the stuff that people need. You go out there, you uh, you go to the homeless encampments, uh, you the homeless come up, they, you give them, you give them socks, you give them everything they need, coats, that sort of thing, and then pray for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, if they're willing to let you pray for them, you pray for them. And so you visit like maybe three or four areas each, uh, each night when you're doing one of those van rides. So, uh, so that's just an enormous blessing to this area, um, to go and, you know, really help people with basic needs. You know, they don't go and they don't, they're not handing out cash or yeah, anything yeah. like that. They're just, they're just really out there to help, especially in the winter to help people survive 
Um, and then obviously get them into a point where, um, actually I do have a small story about that. Um, first night we went out, we actually met someone that wanted to, that wanted to not be homeless anymore. They wanted to get out they wanted to get off drugs, um, which is honestly most of the problem. Right. Um, in many of these cases, um, and he told us, he's like, I want out. And so we said, okay, you know, meet us here at this time. If you're still here, then we'll pick you up. And so we picked that guy. We came back around. He was there with his bag and we picked him up, took him to the hospital, uh, you know, got him into getting clean, you know. Um, And so, um, yeah, really got to see that very first night, like how these organizations like can actually, if people are willing and they want out. They can, they can lead them out of it and then hopefully get them into something like that, a low high end program where they can, uh, they can actually uh, work into, you know, kind of guess a regular job in a house again. Any chance you know but, the end story on him? No, <laughs> I, I wish like, I mean, a lot of, yeah. It, well, I think that more times than not, I think that yeah. the, the seeds that we plant in people, I don't, I don't think we ever see them grow. You know, <laughs> uh, that's just part of life. I think, you know, you, you can plant seeds all day long in people's lives and help them to change and everything. You just may never see the fruit. It's hard to be comfortable with that. Yeah. Like it's, it, but the more, especially living in the city, the more we work in these sort of environments, the more you realize that you are just there to like do what God has allowed you to do in their life. And then, and then you pray and then you hope that someone like the seed you planted or the seed that showed up there and that you may have watered, that you hope that it grows. Um, and that there's someone else that God's sending along the way to like to help out because you can't always be, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we're not the ones that are saving them. God has to intervene really. And, um, and so, uh, but we do what we can (laughs) and, uh, do what God, you know, where, what God put us there for. And then, uh, um, you know, just just pray that uh, if they, you know, when they when they do prematurely leave sometime that uh, that God will place someone else in their path to, to get them, you know, yeah, get them another step right. there. We so. plant the seed. It takes time to cultivate. So we may not yeah. be around when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. <laughs> be nice if we could be. But sometimes I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, awesome. So uh, let's see. You want to have a little fun? Sure. All right. So I got this. Uh, we we do this thing at the end of the of the podcast where we just kind of have a little bit of fun, give you a little bit of game or something, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to give you some would you rather stuff. So I'm going to give you two different options, and you tell me which one you would rather have. All right. So we'll do about five of these or so. Um, so here we go. Would you rather swim in a pool of Nutella or a pool of full? Hold on. <laughs> Would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella or a pool full of maple syrup? I'll give Nutella. you my answer. My answer is neither one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so neither one. Yes, obviously neither one. But if you had to choose, you yeah. choose Nutella. If I had to choose Nutella, Nutella seems easier to wash off. Easier to wash off. Yeah. I think I would probably agree with you. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be eleven feet tall or nine inches tall? Eleven feet, easy. <laughs> uh, I would have to agree. Okay, here we go. Would you rather always have a full phone battery or a full tank of gas? Phone battery. 
I don't really? drive very much anymore. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Well, in Texas, we would always want a full <laughs> yeah, tank of gas. This is true. Yeah, this is a very regional sort, <laughs> yeah. of, uh, sort of decision. So. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Uh, let's see. Would you rather hunt and butcher your own meat or never eat meat again? Oh, hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunt. If that's the only option. Yes. Hunt. As opposed to giving up meat. Yeah. Then, then yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. One more here. Um would you rather have the job you have now for a year at double your current rate or have one year off with what you are making right now? I think I'll take the year off. I know, right? Oh, Me yeah. Too. That's incredible. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'll, take, I'll almost always take the time off. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I agree. All right, Adam, so we always finish up asking our guests what their favorite scripture is, and that could be a story, a storyline, a character, a book, or even a specific verse that just continues to touch your heart. I realize and recognize that's a hard question sometimes because there's so much good in scripture, and so just to ask somebody to point down to one thing is kind of hard, but mm-hmm. what is it that touches your heart? Um, so I'm actually going to cheat and do too that's fine um so like i'll 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 pick a story at first and then a specific scripture sure um the story of rahab uh in the old testament is just like incredible to me Mm. like there's so many aspects to that story like i won't even i won't even necessarily get into it but um there are so many allusions to Jesus in that story. And obviously, you know, Jesus's um, genealogy there. Um, It is, I just would encourage people to go back and read about Rahab um, because uh, it's, uh, it's a little mind blowing when you do a in-depth Bible study of, uh, of that part of the Bible. So that's just a kind of a call out of like a great story. (laughs) Um, But the one that always touches my heart really, really strongly um and frankly i almost tear up every time is uh acts 7 59 which is um and and as they were stoning stephen he called out lord jesus receive my spirit Mm. um i am just amazed actually i think that scripture like taken out of context may not may not seem so powerful but it's the uh it's just that entire section when stephen from the trial all the way till his stoning is um just an incredible show in fact in fact i think it's the first time that you see a disciple of jesus um just so reflect jesus's heart at the crucifixion that like that like there's just no no animosity toward the people that are stoning him just mm. just like complete um like complete submission to god and like just in what what was happening to him it's just it it's 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 absolutely incredible yeah. like steven blows me away and i feel like it's kind of that inflection point in the um in the in the new testament where uh, the word just starts spreading through uh, through the world at that point because every you know the persecution gets really bad um, on on Christians. So um, so yeah, I just actually want to add one thing. I'm so sorry. It's yeah. hard to like do this. Know, like just right? one do one verse. Yeah. Um, but then in verse uh, sixty he says, "In falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them.'" Mm. And when he said this, he fell asleep again. Just like a total reflection of his savior 
like in his death, yeah. like almost like one for one, the way Jesus like was on the cross. And it's just like, it's just an incredible example of how the spirit can just um, like make us over time look more and more like Christ. Absolutely. So awesome deal. Adam Warner, thanks so much for doing the podcast with me. Yeah, sure. Like, no, yeah, it was great. It was a great time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com. Click on the gospel tab and there you will have the Roman road and some other information to help you to learn who Jesus the Savior is that we talk about every episode that we do. And also, you can go to thetestamentpodcast.com. That's the-testament-podcast.com to catch every one of our episodes and see what we've launched out there. You can also find us on Anchor directly at anchor.fm slash the testament or on Spotify, Google uh, podcasts, Apple podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is the Testament podcast and Instagram is the underscore Testament underscore podcast. Find us, like us and share us there so that we can get the word out as to who Jesus is. Thanks everybody for listening. Bye.